Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hi, Shalene. It's James. I'm a recent podcast convert, and I just want to say I love The Shalene Show and Build Your Tribe. I also wanted to thank you for your effort and your passion and your knowledge that you put into these shows. I've learned so much so far. I get up in the morning, personal growth time with Build Your Tribe. I listen throughout the day at work. I get in the car and commute with the shows on, so I am hooked. I'm a lifer, and I can't wait to see what the future holds. Thanks again. And I'll be waiting for the next episode. Hey there, welcome to Build Your Tribe. My name's Shalene Johnson. And my name is Brock Johnson. With more than 25 years of experience in a variety of businesses, I promise to share with you the ins, the outs, my failures, and successes. And my goal is to share with you these social media money-making strategies to turn your idea into passive income. Every week, my son, Brock, and I will share with you perspectives that will serve you regardless of the stage that you're at in your business. Whether you're a solo entrepreneur looking to grow your brand in social media or you've got dreams for a global brand, Build Your Tribe is here to serve you. All right, Mom, this one's all you. Thanks, Brock. I am so excited to bring to our listeners my guest today. It is Adi Arizini. Oh my gosh, you guys, wait till you hear this story. Adi and her partner co-founded Teamy Blends, originally a wildly successful detox tea, which has now launched into overall wellness, including skincare. Their products can be found on their website and other distribution channels, including Amazon and Ulta Beauty. And if you have an Instagram account, which I'm sure you do, you have seen Teamy Blends in the hands of some of the biggest well-known influencers, all the way down to micro-influencers. Adi founded this company at the age of 23. Just like many successful entrepreneurs, perhaps even like yourself, Adi was trying to solve her own problem, an issue she was having with digestion, bloating, gut health in general. Her story is, it's so cool, you guys, because you could do this too. You've got to have drive. You've got to have tenacity. You've got to have passion, but you also have to see opportunity. And what I love about her story is, it's so relatable and it's so exciting. I mean, when you get to meet a D in just a moment, you're going to realize how like completely down to earth and cool and just scrappy and determined this young woman is and the success that she's had. Like, it's crazy to me that like the biggest brands that you can think of are competing with Teamy to reach the same influencers, but she's really figured this out. This is a very bright, very determined young woman, and I freaking love connecting with her. I can't even tell you how much you're going to love her personality and just her tenacity and her honesty and how much she shares in this episode. Like We talk about her strategy from start to finish with influencers and what that was really like. And she just pulls no punches. She tells it like it is, very honest. You're going to have so many takeaways from this episode. I encourage you to listen with a pen and a piece of paper. All right, let's do it. Adi, thank you so much for joining me here today. I am so excited to talk to you about everything. And it's so cool to find out that we have this fitness connection. 
Yeah, I'm so excited being a Turbo Jam veteran on here. And I can't even believe I'm talking to you right now. So I'm so excited. That just trips me out when you're like the wheel. I'm like, what? That is so funny. (laughs) It's insane. Well, first of all, I almost hung up on you because you told me in the beginning that you started doing my workouts when you were 16 years old. And I really wish I could say I was 16 when I filmed them. But that's just remarkable that you are. Can we share your age? Yes, I'm 28. You're 28 and just remarkably successful already. I appreciate that. It's really remarkable. So take us back to Adi, who is, I assume, like many of us in fitness, doing 19 things so we can say, I'm doing what I love. And where were you? Well, fitness was something that actually I stumbled upon in the military. So I didn't grow up knowing that I would be so interested in wellness and in fitness in general. But when I was around the age of 19, I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And college was just not a question of if I could go. It it was so out of my reality that I could even go to college that I never even took my SATs because I grew up in a very low income family raised by a single mom. I've been working and making my own money since I was nine years old. So the idea of going to college was a waste of time. So I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, but I knew that I had to hustle and I knew that I had to make money. Can I ask you if that, like when you say college was uh, in your mind, a waste of time. Now, was that message to you or was that just like a decision? You know what I mean? Like, was that something that you saw role model? Was that something you were told or is that a conclusion you came to on your own? It was a survivor conclusion. Okay, how could I pay for that and be in debt when I don't even have money to feed myself at this point? So like the idea of paying 50 grand a year to a college or going into debt sounded like bad math to me at the time because it's not like I I had my parents to pay for it or that I, if I was going to go and be a doctor and I knew that that was going to bring money that I could then pay back those college loans, then I would do it. But I didn't want to be a doctor and I didn't want to be a lawyer. I just really had this passion to get out of the the low income cycle that I had grown up in, which was scarcity and no money and no, it was just like very low ability to have things. And I wanted to get my mom out of that. So it's not that college is bad or college is a waste of time. I hope that my future children will want to go to college and that I'll be able to pay them a full ride. But we had no money, so that didn't even come up into my thought. It was more like, how do I get out of high school so that I can work 40 hours a week and make more money? That's really where I was at. I want to get back to scarcity, but just a quick question first. What branch of the military? I was in the Israeli Defense Forces in the artillery unit. Oh, wow. So let's talk about scarcity mindset, because I find this fascinating. I kind of had the opposite upbringing, which is why my motto is scared money don't make money. And that is, I mean, my parents, like, even though we were broke, I didn't know that we were broke. And, you know, my dad taught us to be entrepreneurs. And, oh, if you want those roller skates, that sounds awesome, kid. Let's figure out a way for you to make enough money cutting lawns or babysitting to be able to pay for that yourself. Even though we were broke, I didn't know it. And that helped me to develop an abundancy mindset. As a child, do you remember making that distinction, like realizing that the way you thought about money was different than the people around you? 
Yeah, I really do. I, I remember one specific time that it happened where I went to my dad who was in my life at that time. And I remember asking him for, I think it was money to go to the movie theater with my friends. I think I was 10. And he very, with this very heavy face and this frown, took out a $10 bill out of his wallet, but it was like painful for him to watch that money leave his wallet. And at that point I decided, no, I'm going to make my own money because I don't want to sit there with my hand held out asking for someone's help. I need to go get it myself. So like you had it with your dad who was making it a game. I made it a game for myself on how do I get the roller skates for myself? I just stopped asking my dad because I knew that I was going to get that kind of response and I didn't want that. So I was just going to bypass that whole situation and just figure out how to make money. And I definitely got a lot of support from my mother who was always telling me, yes, you can go after it. You can do everything that you want. So even though she couldn't provide for me financially at the time, she was always had my back and helped me mentally, you know, make it a game. Did that give you confidence? Like as a kid, do you remember thinking I'm kind of a badass? Like, cause I, I've got my own money. I've got my own gig. Yeah. I was a total independent brat. And I, <laughs> if you ask my mom, I pretty much still am today. I'm like, you can't tell me what to do. I take care of myself, <laughs> which has also really played interesting in being married because I'm like, husband, I don't need you. And that has been interesting to actually give respect to your spouse, even though I don't financially need him to take care of me, but to give him responsibilities and give him the respect that he deserves. So it's, it's been an interesting because I, I grew up so independent yeah. that it's almost like my fail safe of like, fine, you want to leave, leave. I got this. Ooh, girl, I'm a couple years ahead of you in that mentality. And I can tell you how it impacted our relationship, our marriage. We were celebrating 24 years now, but yeah, I struggled with that too. And I had to, you know, we, we had to work through that because there were a lot of just ways I said things and language that I used unknowingly that I think really, what's the word when you make a man not feel like a man? You almost like that. Yeah. Ooh. I know. I mean, I just had this conversation with my husband the other day where just like you're saying, I, without knowing, like, I, I think I said to him, babe, I really want to figure out how you can make X amount of money Ooh. per year. Yeah. And he really didn't like that. Yeah. And he was like, I will always provide for our family, no matter if you work or if you don't work. And, mm. you know, it's, it's his manhood. Yes. You know? So yeah. it's like, it's their pride and joy. It's a real thing, dude. It's like we are wired differently. And so I'll be here for you indefinitely. <laughs> Trust me, I, I, I'd love to help there because we've been through it. But so here's something that I want to ask you about. So you talked about someday you hope when it comes to your own children being in a position where they can decide if they want to go to college or not. You said, I would love to be able to, you know, pay for that, to make that happen for them. Knowing how valuable it has been to the development of you as a fierce female, a fierce individual, I like to say, and the confidence that you have and how much your own upbringing and figuring out how to do this for yourself helped you to develop into the person you are today. When you have kids, do you think that you will provide for them things that you didn't have or will you also teach them? All right. You, it feels a lot better to do this on your own. 
Yeah, that's a really good question. I've actually put a lot of thought into it because I'm constantly thinking about the future. And what I went through and the struggle that I went through isn't what made me what I am today in the sense that if someone else grew up in a very nice upbringing, middle class, it doesn't mean that they can't be successful as well because they didn't go through struggle. So what is it that makes someone successful? And the answer that I found for myself is the ability to problem solve. So if I have a kid that wants something, the thing that I see parents doing objectively that I'm seeing from the outside is that they're solving their kids' problems for them, which then cripples their children in the future because they've never had to solve problems. Amen. So my problems, right, my problems were how do I feed myself and how do I take care of my mom? But my kids, hopefully, won't have those problems, but they're going to have other problems, whether it's, let's say they got into a fight with a girlfriend at school. So obviously, it's a less dramatic issue than what I had going on. But if I solve it for her, or if I solve it for him, then they'll never know how to deal with those situations on their own when their parents are butting in and taking responsibility for their kids' lives. A kid at the age of two can take responsibility for themselves in the sense that they can smile at you. And they can move their bodies and they can understand to give them something or to take them something. So just what I plan on doing is to make sure that my kids are always responsible for themselves and that they know that, that I'm not going to come and fix all their problems. Of course, I have their back forever, but letting them solve their own problems and being there to help is kind of what I think about about this situation. Well, you're right. You're absolutely right. And so let's get back to the story. So you are, you're in the military, you are developing a fitness regimen. And so are you, were you a certified personal trainer or was this just something you were doing on the side? How serious were you about fitness? So the way that it works in the Israeli Defense Forces is you do a day of testing and then they kind of give you, these are the three jobs that you qualify for. And you also can say like, this is what I want to do. So I vocalized, I was like, I want to be a fitness instructor for combat soldiers because I had heard from friends that it was a really good job in the army. And I was like, oh, well, I, I like, I'm kind of mediocre at sports. I like moving my body. And I didn't really want a job that had to do primarily with guns and weapons. So that was something that I was interested in. And I ended up auditioning for the role and I ended up getting it. And you go through a four month boot camp training where you learn human anatomy, nutrition, how to train soldiers out in the field, how to create running programs, and how to be an instructor, how to teach people the different types of workouts that you can do in different places, how to create a workout plan for someone who's specifically looking to improve. XYZ. So I got a four month training boot camp from the army. And that's really where my love for fitness began. Because even just when I auditioned, you do a fitness test where you run two kilometers and you do push ups and you do crunches. And my two kilometer run, I think it took me like 11 minutes and 45 seconds, which is very slow. Like mm-hmm. I was jogging and I'd have to stop because I was so out of breath, I couldn't breathe. And when I finished that four-month boot camp, I think my 2K run was like eight minutes and 30 seconds. Mm. So it vastly improved just by learning about how aerobic exercise works and how to breathe right when you're running. Yeah, yeah. And it like totally changed my life. Yeah. And then what happens after the four-month boot camp, you get distributed out to different bases. So I was 
put on a base for new draftees doing their boot camp in their artillery unit. And that's what I did. Our job was to get them through their obstacle course training. When you see those movies about like little girls telling boys to climb rope and jump over walls, that was my job. (laughs) So when did you move to the United States? I moved to the U.S. when I was six with my family. Okay. So I was born in Israel and then we moved here, but I grew up very American. I didn't speak Hebrew. I didn't read it. I didn't write it. My Mm. mom was adamant about me almost losing that part of myself because Mm. she just wanted me to be American. And she wanted me to have that because in Israel, it, it does play a role. If you speak fluent English, it is you have a leg up. English is a big deal over there. Oh, and wow. when I spontaneously decided to join the army, I didn't speak any, any Hebrew. So they would be speaking in Hebrew. And I was like, I don't know what they're saying. So I had to learn Hebrew on the fly while learning fitness, which I also didn't know. Wow. And that was very challenging. But and now I'm fluent in Hebrew. I read and I write it. I can do speaking events in Hebrew. That's crazy. Um, I, it was crazy. So it was definitely a journey. When you left the army, did you step full-time into fitness? That's what I did. So I moved back from Israel and I got certified by the National Academy of Sports Medicine Mm -hmm. to be a certified personal trainer. And that was great. And I would go to people's houses with my TRX bands and I would train them. Mm -hmm. And I would also teach spin, which is cycling, Mm -hmm. indoor cycling, which I learned and I got certified also in the army. And it was I love teaching spin. It's like one of my passions in life. I hope that I get to get back to it at some point. But I was a spin instructor, a TRX instructor, a boot camp instructor, and a personal trainer. And that's what I was doing when I returned from the Army. (laughs) So like many people in fitness, you've got your hand in a bunch of different pots. We're usually trying to figure out a way where we can conserve our own energy, where we don't have to be working out for so many hours a day, but like to try to make a full-time living in fitness, this is what a lot of fitness professionals end up doing. A little bit of personal training, you know, a bunch of different types of classes so they can manage their energy, perhaps even coach in some of those workouts. Was there anything else you were doing to, you know, create that income? That was all at the time, and I was 20 two years old and I was living with my mom and I just thought that I was making a lot of money. I was making like $800 a week doing all of these things. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that I was like, I was like, I have so much money. That was my mentality then. That's what I thought a lot of money was because I was not working a nine to five and I had the flexibility of, oh, you know how personal trainers are waking up at 5am for a a. (laughs) 6am class. Right. But I, I enjoyed it. So when I started my business, It came from a totally personal problem that I was trying to solve, which was digestive issues and gut health. So you were struggling with digestive issues, gut health, and you meet someone by chance, if I recall, who happens to manufacture teas and coffee. Is this someone you knew? Someone Were you looking to start a business or was this just a chance meeting? Completely chance meeting. Tell us about it. Well, my digestive issues started in the army because the food that you're eating in the cafeteria is made for the masses. So there's like thousands of people that are eating this food. So it's not organic. It's not fresh. It's not home cooked. And at a certain point, my body just shut down. So I was only going to the bathroom one time a week, which is disgusting. But all I could do is drink coffee to stimulate my digestive system. I would drink coffee and that would help me go to the bathroom. And at a certain point, 
the coffee stopped working. I was drinking like five cups of coffee a day. My skin looked so blank and my energy levels were super out of whack. My hormones were out of whack and it wasn't helping me stimulate my digestive system anymore. Yeah. And I was freaking out. I mean, I was exercising. I was drinking enough water and I was eating fibrous foods, everything that you would think would help this situation. And so I was at my wit's end and I decided to go get a colonic, mm-hmm. which is where they literally stick a tube up your butt <laughs> and they flush water up there. And all <laughs> this gross stuff comes out of you that has been building up for a really long time. And it was not a day at the spa. It wasn't like I went in there and there's candles. It was like really uncomfortable. I left there and I was like, I'm never doing that again. Uh And it also was a Band-Aid approach, almost like when you take an Advil for your headache, you're treating the symptom and not the cause. Right. And I knew that any relief I had gotten from the colonic would not be long lasting. And I started thinking about this. I'm like, if all this stuff was built up inside of me, how did it even get there in the first place? Why was my body not detoxing on its own? And what was all this quote unquote waste that I was getting rid of by Mm -hmm. doing this colonic? Yeah. So I finished the army and I started reading books about gut health, digestive health. And like nobody like reads about this because it's not sexy. You know, no one wants to like read about their colon or their intestines. You know, it's like it's people would rather talk about beauty and outward appearance and fitness. It's a little bit more confrontable. Mm-hmm. And I started realizing that foods, processed foods, refined sugars, other chemicals that we have in the air and around us, they build up in our bodies. I've eaten pizza and ice cream. I've eaten junk food most of my upbringing. And at a certain point, it can actually catch up with you. And everybody can have different symptoms, whether one person has energy issues, another woman might have cystic acne, someone else might have hormone issues. I had digestive issues. That's how Mm -hmm. it affected me. And nothing I was doing was fixing it because I had almost like an accumulation of built up toxins for so many years that the things that I was doing in present time weren't changing anything. So I was changing my diet in present time and it wasn't fixing it. I was drinking more water and I was exercising more in present time, but it wasn't fixing it. Mm -hmm. And they would mention in their books, these doctors, these dietitians, these chiropractors, that herbal teas have been used in many different cultures as a natural remedy for colon problems or for gut problems. I was like, dope. So I went to Whole Foods and I bought a bunch of these teas that said colon cleanse, kidney cleanse, liver cleanse, gut health, detox, all these words that made sense to me. Right. So I bought them and I tried them and none of them worked. And I was like, well, that's weird. Like all these books are saying that this will work. Why is this not working? And I realized that the quality of the tea that were in these tea bags were powder. They weren't actual tea leaves. The quality of the tea comes from the leaf itself. So if Mm -hmm. you're getting powder, you're getting almost like the leftovers of the tea. Mm -hmm. It's being grinded up. You're not going to get the same benefit as steeping an entire tea leaf. And that's when I was like, hmm, that's weird. And I started looking into loose leaf tea, started ordering a little bit of my own ingredients and started blending them at home. And then a couple months after that is by chance when I met my business partner. Okay. So take us back to the beginning stages of your business. You meet, is this a gentleman, male, female? Male, his name is Yogev. Yogev. So 
Yogev already been in the tea and coffee business? He was an importer? Yes, he had been in tea and coffee for five years, and he actually had worked in China for five years. So he was very familiar with the industry. Okay. And how long before you realized, like, okay, we can actually partner? And what were you bringing to the table other than digestive issues and an interest in fitness? I mean, honestly, the way that I met Yogev is I live in Tampa and I went down to Miami to meet some Jewish men. That was the whole purpose. <laughs> I was like, I need to find myself. Oh, your mom was so happy. Guy. You know, I was like, I need to find, I need to marry someone Jewish. I need to go down there. So I went down there for a girls weekend and we were at someone's house at a get together. There's a bunch of Israelis and Yogev came up to me and asked me what I did. And I told him that I was a personal trainer. And then he asked me, well, how many Instagram followers do you have? Now, this is like six years ago. And I like just met him. And I was like, dude, I don't know you. And I think I have like five Instagram followers. I use Instagram to put filters on my photos so I can post them on Facebook. So I don't know what you're talking about. Right. And he was like, oh, okay. And I thought that was really strange. And he told me that he was in coffee and tea. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I've been looking at tea recently because of my digestive issues. And then he, he was like, hey, maybe we can work together in the future. I was like, okay. And I had a business card. So I gave him my business card. About a month later, he calls me and he's like, listen, I, um, I think that we can start a business together. It was him that originated the business, not me at the time. And he was like, I have all this, you know, experience with coffee and tea. And, you know, he went into it. And I know that you have had digestive issues and that you wanted to solve that with tea. And I was really sketched out because I had never met him before. And he kind of looked like a mafia guy, you know, gold <laughs> chain with the hair and the button down it. shirt. And I'm yeah. like, can I really trust this guy? I ended up going down to Miami again because he was very persistent. He was like, listen, I know that you and I could do big things together. And I went down to Miami again and we bonded on a very similar upbringing by a single mom and just our hustle mentality. And at the time I was like, you know what, what do I have to lose? I live with my mom and I, all I'm losing here is my time, my sweat equity. Mm. So we started ordering ingredients, blending teas, and, and that is literally how we started. My When we had our first order of our teas, we had 100 of each blend, and they were in my bedroom at my mom's house. I had a thermal label printer, and I had boxes from Walmart that I had bought and poly envelopes. And when someone would order on our website, I would do a little happy dance, and I would pack their order. And every day I, I was going to the post office to drop off orders. And it was in my bedroom for a long time. Oh, listen, I know. Don't be upset. I had to end the interview here because I need you to listen to part two. And if I made this episode too long, you'll never make it to the end. And it's at the end where the super juicy stuff comes in where we start talking about influencer marketing and how to use social media influencers when you don't have a budget for Facebook ads, when you don't have a marketing budget. She is so generous with her strategy and really breaks it down like how she did this and how she scaled it. So you definitely want to tune in to part two. It is going to be killer. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. Please reach out to her. Let her, you know, hit her up on her personal IG account. It is ADI. A-R-E-Z-Z-I-N-I. You don't even have to remember that. I put it in the show notes below. But hit her up. Let her know you heard part one and how excited you are to hear part two.
Thanks for listening. It is my goal to be brief, to be bright, to make it fun, and then be done. And that's why we broke this up into two parts. But we ain't done yet. We're just getting started. I have a quick question for you. Are you trying to lose weight or just be healthy or just feel more confident and happy? Well, in order to do that, you need a new way. You see, the problem is losing weight, it's hard. And keeping it off feels almost impossible. At the one through one method, we have helped over 50,000 people find a new way, a much better way. Okay, so here's how this works with our online program. It's three simple steps. You go to 131method.com, you start it, you slay it, and you own it. Step one is to start it. You do that by identifying what it is you want to work on. What is your priority? Is it weight loss? Is it gut health? Then you pick a start date, you log in, and go. Step two, you slay it. What does that mean? It means you get your meal plans, you select from hundreds of delicious, simple recipes all online, including cooking tutorials, and then we'll help you change up the way you eat every four weeks. That is going to boost your metabolism and it's called diet phasing. We'll help you personalize the process because hello, one size fits all diets do not work, they never have, and they never will. We all need our own individualized approach and our registered dietitians are going to help you do that so that this is something that you can do for life. And then step three, you own it. No more wasting time with fad diets or wondering if you're doing something right. It's time for you to take control of your health, to heal your relationship with food and your body. And we wanna help you lose the weight and keep it off. You deserve to look and feel freaking amazing. So do yourself a favor, go to 131method.com and let's do this.